I believe I was an employee of Adobe for about two days at the same time at the same time as Sean Parent was an employee. Oh, so really? I, yes, because I joined a small company in the middle of the nineties uh, whose name escapes me, and they were a subsidiary of Aldus, who made PageMaker and. Their CEO had got spent a year climbing mountains in South America, and that's when they did a deal to join with Adobe. But it was more a takeover than a joint merger. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 155, recorded on October 18th, 2023. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host, Bryce, we conclude part four of our four-part conversation with Jonathan O'Connor and talk about a plethora of topics, including multi-paradigm languages, RAT4, airport lounges, meeting C++, code dive, and more. It's interesting, though, because when you were mentioning C++ being a multi-paradigm programming language, that got me thinking about, you know, I, I do think that's like a fundamental thing to C++'s nature. And um, it's sort of hard to put our finger on exactly why, what is fundamental about it. But um, I think that the, and I, I think that insofar as multi-paradigm languages go, I, do, I think that C++ is almost without, um, without a rival. Um, like there are other languages that do other things a, a lot better than C++, but C++ has ability to let you um, do what you want and combine different paradigms, different styles is sort of unmatched. Um, and, and in fact, I think some could even make the argument that it is really the only multi-paradigm language. No, I mean, multi-paradigm to the extent that C++ is, but like I could list off to yeah. you, you like 20 different ones that support two paradigms really well. Like Scala is right, a great right. example. It's functional, but also object oriented. But like the, the unique thing about C++ is like the multi and multi paradigm. The N is much greater than two, yeah. you know, is it six? Is it seven? Is it 10? You know, who knows? I think, I think that the, one of the key things that uh, about C++ that makes it successful is, um, that C++ lets you almost seamlessly combine very low-level and very high-level code that um, you can do things that are very close to the metal. Um, and maybe you're not doing them directly, um, but you can. You might be using something that somebody else wrote, some library that somebody else wrote that's very close to the metal. Um, this sort of gets to C++'s performance mission. And that you can combine, you can take those things that are like very low level pointers, you know, hardware things, all the all the nastiness and unpleasantness that uh, uh, we have in the world of systems programming, and you can wrap them up in abstractions, and then you can deal with those abstractions at a very high level, um, you know. And it's like think about some of the, the code that I was writing today for this algorithm I've been working on. Um, and it's, it's just that mix of, um, you know, I have some places where I'm, you know, hacking on pointers, I'm casting stuff around, I'm, you know, there's undefined behavior, there's all sorts of unpleasantness, um, but then like that's boxed up and encapsulated and then I can use it 
in a very functional way. And I can use it with some very high level algorithms and I can use it with generic programming and I can use it, um, uh, with some object oriented abstractions. Um, and that's really what makes, uh, C++, um, successful and, and sort of unique, um, is its ability for you to do the low level stuff, to do the systems programming stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, also use higher level, uh, concepts and ideas and paradigms. And also to be able to not just do, you can take a bunch of different libraries or a bunch of different APIs, a bunch of different system interfaces, um, all of which may have a different style, may exist at different levels of the abstraction. Um, and you can, uh, you can work with all of those at the same time in the same program. Um, like it, I was, when I was writing code today, I was using Cub and CUDA, which are very low level things. Um, and at the same time, I was also using the C++ standard library and thrust, which are very high level things. Um, and it was very seamless for me to interoperate between those two. And it was, it was seamless for me to, in the places where I needed to, to drop down to a very low layer in the stack in the places where I was like, I really don't like care that much to just be like, all right, I'm just going to like use like a stood vector here. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't need, I don't care about the specifics of how this memory is allocated. Like, I, I don't need to be programming C style here. I just need like, I just need this part of the code to work and run. And I can just like create a stood vector and use it right here alongside all this other, you know, <laughs> low level garbage that I'm doing. While you were talking there about uh, doing that and the switching around, I thought of why C succeeded uh, ahead of Pascal. I had thought of another reason. And this will please you, Bryce. C mm. has the preprocessor. Pascal mm. did not. And so with C, you could, you could with pr the preprocessor, you can generate, like, if macros, you can generate code. Uh, similarly, templates did that for us in C++, yeah. which meant that we didn't need reflection as much for for a long time. And um, Pascal didn't have the, the, that ability. Um, yeah. So and I like, think... especially when you're doing systems programming, um, the preprocessor is the C preprocessor is such a powerful and useful tool when you're dealing with different platforms, different compilers, different implementations. Um, like, yes, I know it has lots of problems and I know it's, uh, has lots of foot guns. But especially if you look at like the era where C came out and like the early days of C and C, um, the preprocessor is an incredibly innovative, um, and powerful tool. Um, and the fact that it had limited guardrails meant that you could do almost anything with it, which was <laughs> both a pro and a con. There, there's another language that was around, which was based on Fortran, called RAT4. I think it was it stood for Rational Fortran, and that was basically uh, Fortran plus the, the preprocessor, and the, the hmm. preprocessor would run through. It would you'd have a set a certain set of standard constructs and and macros, and they would just uh, produce Fortran code underneath, mm. um, and that was and that was, I think it was either Kernigan or Ritchie wrote a book with all the examples in Rat4. Interesting. 
we will find a link and put it in the show notes for and and you can you can listener. it is interesting that, that that there is today um all, all a bunch of people do use fortran with the c preprocessor um ah okay so that is that is a thing then is it yeah that it it is a thing right right <laughs> for better you know and for worse or maybe it's 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 um i know that the it's i don't know i don't know if there's a bespoke preprocessor for Fortran. If it is, it's very much based on the C preprocessor, but I think that it's my under, my my recollection is that it's just the C preprocessor for Fortran code. Mm-hmm. I think like if you do like .fpp files with like G Fortran, I think it'll run the C preprocessor first. I was going to say, we're, we're like half an hour. We appreciate Jonathan. I, I realize you're on Dublin time too. So this is a lot later in the evening yeah. uh, for you than it is for us. So thank you for s- spending so much time with us. This has been, I yeah, have it's learned. Like, it's like 9 PM there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, have yeah learned, I know that because I just got an awesome new watch oh, that goodness. shows me all the time zones. <laughs> You know what? We'll I'll, we'll leave that one in. That wasn't long enough to speed up, so we'll, we'll leave. That <laughs> one don't in. worry, don't worry. There'll be there'll be a lot of talk about the watch in future episodes. While we were talking about the success and you know the multi paradigmness of C and why it's so great, I will first ask a question, Bryce. You have given your endorsement to beautiful C However, I know you haven't read the book, but I've to been what very extent? Clear that I've not read the book. But to what extent? Did what? What amount of uh, what is the word perusing or skimming so, did you so do what, before what you gave said, your endorsement? What I said in the past is that it is the style of book, the organization of the book is this is the type that um, I would find useful. I, I'm not generally a huge fan of uh, of programming books, and the reason is that most of them are like. A journey, like you, you need to start at the beginning of the journey, and you need to like end at the end. They're like like a linear story to some degree. Um, and the type of book that I would find useful is because um, I'm a very hands-on sort of person, um, and I like to sort of like get knowledge, sort of like on the fly as I need it. And so something that's more like a reference manual or like a collection of independent lessons or a collection of independent guidelines. Um, is something that's closer to, to being, you know, the material that would be useful for me. So something like Effective C++, which is like a series of like concrete recommendations or Beautiful C++, which is a series of complete recommendations. Um, th- those I find more, more useful because if I'm, if I'm, you know, wondering about like, oh, what's the best practice for X? Um, I'm more likely to be able to use a book like Beautiful C++ or Effective C++ to find the answer to that question than a book that's just like a linear journey. Like, like maybe if it's like, oh, you know, what's the best practices around like, you know, making constructors explicit in C++. Um, if it's like a traditionally laid out C++ book, maybe there's a, a, a chapter on classes and maybe the answer would be there. Um, but, uh, something like Effective C++ or Beautiful C++, there's probably like a concrete like line line item about like uh, constructor explicitness that I can just go look up. Um, I'm not going to, in this one, like, I'm just not going to read an entire book. Um, All right. All like, right. I so might that, be interested enough to go and... We've got to cut like, you off. It's taking yeah. too long. This is a long-winded answer. 
Yeah. <laughs> you didn't I'm actually just, answer my question. Like, I've been very clear. I didn't read the book. I know. I said it was the I type know. of book that I could find useful. <laughs> yeah, you gave it your endorsement. I which, did give him my endorsement. It, I, yes. I, I skimmed the things. It looked good. Oh, so here we go. That that was the answer I'm looking for. Did you actually read, like, did you read the table of contents? You skimmed it? Like, did you read a full chapter? Like, I've, I've read I've read a couple of the, um, okay. uh, of the, like, concrete, uh, like, rules. Um, so I have not. I mean, I, I've seen the cover, uh, which is why I did not endorse. I can't endorse something, you know, I haven't checked out. But uh, one of the people on, I think it was episode 150 or 151, uh, commented um, that uh, Adam Leventhal, the individual that was saying that the book was an advertisement for Rust, was a little bit validated by the following. And he's got three screenshots. Section three is named, stop using that. Section two, don't hurt yourself, is where we present guidelines for preventing personal injury while writing code. And then section four is use this new thing properly, which, uh, like I said, I haven't checked out the book, but uh, it's a solid thing. Even though C++ is great, multi-paradigm, if the, if the most modern books are coming out with a chapters entitled Don't Hurt Yourself, um, you know? <laughs> hey, at, least it's, at least it's being honest. Ooh, look at this, Jonathan. We've had, we've had, I mean, Looney was nothing special because Looney comes on the podcast all the times, but this is uh, Jonathan's. This is. I think did, we met when we were in. Uh, yes, oh, you at, did. At your, yeah, that's uh, it. This yeah. is Bumblebee. And uh, Bumblebee. we are looking after her while her owners are away in Japan for three years. Oh, wow. So, um, but she's a lovely dog. Aren't you, Bumblebee? Yeah. And yeah. you have, I mean, we will put some links. Because I do have, I do believe I tweeted. I'm not actually sure if I did. I do. Have no, I don't think you did. Though. I don't think you I did. Think, I think yeah, yeah, the yeah. one, the one concrete uh, section of beautiful C++ <laughs> that I can recall having read, actually read or not read, but you know, looked through is the um, the chapter on default arguments versus overloading, um, because. One, I was trying to figure out how to structure something in a project, but two, um, I was wondering about what's the state of the, like, what's our design guideline for C++ standard library proposals. And I think there's been a couple other chapters that I've similarly looked at, but. All right. Back to Bumblebee and your other pets. <laughs> okay. Well, I have. You I have, have, you have two, two kittens I've, that I've are absolutely. Two Adorable. cats, yeah, yeah, Sirius and Remus. Um, yes, lovely and, names. Uh, and then we have five alpacas, yes. uh, which are. Let me also actually. Let me see lovely. if I can remember the names. I know one was Merlot. I Very think. good. Yeah, uh, alpha male. I want to say. Uh, I mean, there were all a lot of them were wine names. I want to say Chardonnay. Yes. Uh, I think those are my two best guesses. I'm gonna, I'll guess Sauvignon Blanc, but I don't think that's right. No, no. Uh, it's, <laughs> what it's were the other three? Merlot, Malbec, and Montepulciano are the black alpacas, and then we have uh, Chablis is the white, and Chardonnay is fawn colored. So, yes. um, yeah, very yeah. adorable. If Bryce <laughs> ever happens to be in Dublin, you gotta, you gotta go and uh, and see the alpacas. They're very adorable. And it's it still is, true it, is it is a one world hub, so it is entirely possible that it could be connecting in or travel to Dublin. Yes. Yeah, All indeed. right. 
Indeed, but the the lounges aren't great in Dublin. I have to say, um, I I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, the Aer Lingus lounges, which I I'm I'm still a member of, I get free use of them. But there's so few of them, and they're not great. So, so there used to be, and I think I don't remember which airport in Ireland, but there used to be a flight that would leave from London City Airport on an A three one eight. It was an all business class flight. And they, they couldn't take off from London City Airport with enough fuel to fly all the way to New York. But they wanted to be able to leave from London City Airport because it's near the city. And so what they would do is they would fly from London City Airport to, I think, to Shannon. Yeah, Shannon. Um, yeah. And they would land there. And there was a U.S. Customs preclearance facility. And so they would land to refuel. But while they were refueling, you would go through U.S. Uh, border control and customs, and then you would get back on the plane, and then it would fly to New yep. York, I think to JFK, although presumably it could have gone yeah. to LaGuardia because it was you were already pre-cleared. And then, uh, and then you'd have your you'd have a direct flight, but not a nonstop flight yeah, but from London Bryce, City Airport to Bryce, New York. That was if you wanted to fly for many years. Uh, the first few times I went to the states. I would get on in Dublin Airport. They would stop in Shannon. Every plane that was heading to the States from Dublin would stop in Shannon. Uh, and we would troop off the plane, go through duty free, troop back on. Actually, I think we, no, we actually would have also gone through uh, emigration, um, yeah. US emigration in Shannon, which was a lot better than in the States, I think. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's what we do. And then they finally stopped that. Um, so you could actually fly direct. So there's now yeah. U.S. immigration in Dublin as well. Um, yeah. Which but, is nice. Uh, yeah. 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 Cause we've, this is, what are we, what are, let's go to a, where this is over two hours now, right? Yeah. We're just past the yeah. two hour mark, which means, I mean, I thought this was going to be probably two or three episodes at this point. It's probably going to be four episodes, which, if you're curious, Jonathan, is going to put you at at the top. Because I, te- I keep track, and that's going to put you – you're going to be tied with Kate Gregory, Chandler Carruth, uh, Zach Lane, and Patricia Oss. But, wow. The, I'm, in, I'm uh, in incredibly good company. Yeah, it's a good list to be on. Is number one is Sean? Yes. So that is uh, – those four individuals are – Tied for seventh place, seventh to tenth, as uh, most number of episodes. Who's um, number two? Above that is oh yeah, let's play a little guessing game. Uh, actually, actually, I'm so glad that we didn't wrap this up because you know we've been trying to kind of wrap this up for the last ten minutes. Uh, for the for the OG listeners, and that might be that might mean that you've been listening for two plus close to three years, or it might mean that you only started listening a month ago, but you've been going through the back catalog. Uh, Jonathan, you have actually been mentioned, I want to say in at least two, but like maybe upwards of four or five episodes because very early on you were the individual that created the bingo cards. And this is from like two and a half years ago. I think you made two different bingo cards. I did two or three bingo cards. Yeah. And I uh, I think uh, I didn't even know initially it was you or maybe the first time I read it off because your Twitter handle is like you can spell it out for us or pronounce it. It's N I N K I B A H, which is Somali for the man. I did not know that. Uh, I did know that your Twitter was. How do you pronounce it? Do you know Ninkiba? Ninkiba. Ninkiba. Yeah. 
And more people, I, I just, I just checked. You, you, I don't understand why more people aren't following you on Twitter. More people should follow him on Twitter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we will, we will have yeah. the bio. Uh, but sure. no, the, the reason, the reason I chose that was that uh, I, I, I did uh, a year of linguistics after my computer science degree, and, um, and, and one of the thing, courses we had was we had an eight week uh, course in Somali as a, as a non Indo European language. <laughs> And it's hmm. it's got very interesting characteristics. It's a tone based language, so that would probably suit you, Connor, having learnt uh, Mandarin. Um, yeah. Were you already? Uh, uh, it sounds like you were already a chess player at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, uh, if you were taking a, a a year of linguistics, that's and uh, you know you've got the the, the game board, uh, that's like it's like a Scrabble player waiting to be born. But if you already bitten by the chess bug, I can understand. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's chess, chess is my thing. And I, and I'm now, I'm now a roving chess diplomat. Um, so I, I get to, I get to, to vote for Ireland in the world chess federation elections. Uh, oh, wow. Every, every, well, the elections are every four years. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's, I do that's follow funny. you on Twitter and I, I see your, your chess tweets every once in a while. And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have the knowledge to appreciate them at the level that I'm sure they can be appreciated at. But yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I suspect, I suspect I should really ha- split and have two Twitter handles, one for chess nah, and one for everything work. else. But indeed, nah, but the, the other thing is, yeah. though, like Twitter is about to die, and I got, a, I got a um, vector of bull gave me an invite to blue skies, but nothing's happening on there, so. And I do have a Mastodon thing, but that I set up a long time ago. But Mastodon seems very complicated about you know where yeah. do you live, um, so where do I go for to continue my my Twitter? Well, the thing know. is that Twitter has been about to die for you know Indeed. a while. Yeah. Um, I I I think we just I don't think anything else. Uh, uh, I think this is it. I think I think if Twitter goes away, Twitter goes away, and we all yeah. find something else to do with our spare time. I don't think that it's something that can be easily uh, uh, reproduced or replicated. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. My guess yeah. is that yeah. it's going to be one of these Mastodon or, or Blue Sky things. I mean, uh, from talking to the Oxide and Friends folks, they're all on the Mastodon um, site and... Honestly, I was thinking like I'm I'm happy to switch when something is competitive, but like I just discovered that you can't quote tweet on Macedon from listening to like a Oxide and Friends old episode, and like they were saying it because it it discourages uh, you know being mean. But like I quote tweet all the time when I just see some talk or something, and it's it's typically positive. Uh, and also mm-hmm. too, like my history, sometimes I tweet stuff just so that I have an image that I can include in a talk later. And like, if Twitter dies, do I lose my entire history of like combinatory logic tweets and a- discovering APL? I think, and, I and think you can, you can uh, generate a, a big, large file of, of your whole complete history and, and download it. So no is the answer. Some, and then it's look, like each of them are like HTML worry. files that don't you can- Don't worry, uh, there, somebody has scraped the Twitter data sufficiently that I'm sure you'll be able to get to find it. Yeah. I mean, it's still irritating though, that like, uh, I'm going to have to jump through some hoops in order to get, like, I can't just go to the Twitter search type at code report. And then the keyword that I know will, you know, like sometimes I just, I know that Google translate will get me one of those images and I can just copy and paste it. But yes, I mean, it does seem like Twitter is, it's dying a slow death. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still hopeful that, 
you know, things will turn around, but it, it definitely has not been trending. Anyway, <laughs> Connor or Bryce, I have one last story and then we'll finish here. I believe I was an employee of Adobe for about two days at the same time at the same time as Sean Parent was an employee. Oh. So really? I, yes, because I joined a small company in the middle of the nineties uh, whose name escapes me, and they were a subsidiary of Aldus, who made PageMaker, and their CEO had got spent a year climbing mountains in South America. And that's when they did a deal to, to, um, to join with Adobe, but it was more a takeover than a joint like merger. Um, and so we were all in the, all the programming team were in, um, Seattle learning about Windows 95 or Chicago as it was then. And on the Thursday evening, we got told we were all fired because oh. <laughs> because because uh, we weren't going to be li- we wouldn't we did we weren't living in um, I guess it was where is where is Adobe is it in Silicon somewhere San in San Jose San Jose yeah right so yep. if you didn't want to, if you didn't want to, to to work in San Jose you weren't working for for Adobe anymore and um, so yeah that was the end of us sadly um, but. Um, so I, t- I, sp- I suspect for about a week, Sean and myself were were, we're co-workers. Uh, we're co-workers. Yeah, look at that. I mean, that's a perfect way to end. Slash, we got to do the quiz though. We got to do the quiz. Should, should we? Is it? Uh, do I ask both? I'll ask both of you. So, you know, tied in seventh were the four individuals I mentioned earlier. We know yeah. Sean is number one at eleven, 11 episodes, and then I'll give you the numbers. Number two is nine episodes. Number four is six. And then five, number five and six are both five episodes. So I would say Sean Sean Baxter is probably in, in five or six episodes. Sean Baxter is only he's ranked eleventh at three episodes. Oh, oh wow! In yeah, it's, it's it's there have been a couple. There have been one or two people who have been on twice. I just can't remember who. Actually, wait, is that right? You might be you might be correcting my spreadsheet here. Let's go to tags, search for. <laughs> Because uh, Sean, we definitely has he only been on that one time. I thought I thought you had. You had I think a, we only recorded with him once. Um, yeah, I think that was we did okay. the one time when you went over I, to his I think, apartment. Okay, so, uh, so 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 I think that Ben Dean has because you recorded with him at C now, and then we also had him on separately. So he's got to have been on at least six or seven. Yeah, Ben Dean is number. Actually, I realize these are all off by one. So, um, but yes, Ben Dean ah. is number is number two. Ah, okay. I, I have no idea about number three. Oh, and that's that, three. actually there's something. Ada Ada uh, prefers one based indexing to zero based indexing. Oh, I do actually like that. That is, I I'm in the minority opinion amongst array language devs. I think because yeah. both J and BQN are zero index. Uh, Yes, zero indexed. I haven't spent enough time programming in one indexed languages to know, um, but I, I think I'm. I think I might prefer it because prefer mentally, what? I th- one, one base to zero based. Yeah. Mentally, I think about the the I, the first element, not yeah yeah zero. Well, I mean one the one of the I have a number of examples, but the. Uh, probably the top one, I'd have to think about it a little bit, is the fact that if you take the length of 
an array and then you do, and it's, or no, it's not actually length because length will give you the correct. But if you do something to get like, uh, you know, the index of, and then you want to do a take on the first, you know, elements up to and including <laughs> that, uh, if, you know, your first index is zero and then you do a zero take, that gives you back an empty list. Whereas really what you want is most of the time you want that first element. You like, you want to retrieve the thing that corresponded to the index. So it's like, you know, say I want the first odd element from like an array of numbers. It's just one, two, three, four, five. And so if I build up my mask, that's going to be one, zero, one, zero, one. And then do I do a where, which is going to give me the indices in, in APL, it'll be one, three, and five, but in BQN, it'll be zero, two, and four. And then I take the first value from where it's going to be zero in BQN and one in APL. And then when you do a, a take with that value, APL will give you back the first odd, but BQN will give you back nothing because you have to add one to that index when using it with certain algorithms like take and drop. Um, anyways, we're getting uh, we're getting sidetracked. You know, I, could, I, could, I can get to five episodes by just like throwing in a little question like <laughs> I that. Was, and, I was thinking in the back of my head, you found out you were going to be ranked. And I think it's so it's, it's tied with six, but you could get tied with the fourth and fifth individuals. Uh, so, yeah, we're missing number three, number four, number five, who are six episodes and five episodes each. I mean, they are probably listening going, shout my name. How can you forget about me? <laughs> I mean... One of them has the highest number of episodes, and we recorded five episodes in one sitting, which, you, I mean, you're, you're approaching right now. And we said we'd have him back on. There's a first hint is a he, and the second hint is we said we'd have him back on for the holiday special. How could that be? I have no idea. The guest, the guest that made the most fun of Bryce while recording. Oh, JF? We've never had JF on. JF is on a rival podcast. I'm just, I'm just listing people who are good at making fun of me. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, Zach. It's got to be Zach. Yeah, Zach Lane is, uh, is number five. At uh, he was the one that we one episode five, one recording five episodes. All right, number four. It's actually number three and number four. Tristan, Brindle, and Tony Vanierd. I was gonna say, has Tony? Have we recorded with Tony twice? I mean, you weren't there for one of them, which is why you've probably forgotten. Because the first time we recorded yes. with Tony, he show he we recorded uh, live during a virtual C plus plus now way back in twenty twenty one. Because I think twenty twenty was canceled. Is that dinner? Um. Anyways, Bryce has disappeared from the screen. I, no, I, I'm, I'm still. Key. I mean, this is why I got the Merode microphone. Yeah, we need to get you one of those cameras. Like the Cisco WebEx cameras that yeah. follow you around. <laughs> so while you're up and about. Anyways, thank you so much for taking so much time, Jonathan. This was an absolute blast. We are going to have to yeah, reconvene sometime, whether that's in Dublin or outside. What's the, the name of the small city? Mullingar. Mullingar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a very lovely, lo lovely place. Very much removed from, you know... Uh, we're talking about being cyborgs and whatnot, but there's a a, a sense of tranquility out where there you is. Live, so. Yes, yes, and we and we do have fiber broadband, which was installed at great expense by the the Irish <laughs> government uh, last year. So it's I mean it's that's really good. all you need, right? As long as you get absolutely, the yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll be in meeting C plus plus in Berlin. So anybody who's a listener ooh. to your podcast, and uh, that's happening next month. 
so please i'll be helping out i'll be helping jens um uh, run the the show so this is actually uh it depending on how we cut this now because we are now at two hours and 21 minutes um, will this become four or will this become five episodes? Meeting C++ is taking place the 12th to the 14th, yeah. which is a Sunday to a Tuesday. And the fourth episode is going to be coming out on the 10th. So if we cut this into five, you will become, you will be tied with Zach Lane and Tony Van Eerd. But people are going to be hearing you say this after meeting C++ has come out. So there is a kind of incentive, although will people be able to sign up two days before the conference happens? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, well, I presume everybody's bought their ticket by now. Yeah. I forgot to tell you, I'm going to Switzerland in November. Is that because you're also going to meeting C++ or this is just a No, no. Um, I got to go to CERN <laughs> to talk to CERN. You, you want to come to Switzerland? Oh, CERN. Are you going to CERN? Yeah. That's fantastic. In Geneva or near Geneva. It's brilliant. Yeah. I was there yeah. a few years ago. It's fantastic. I am very excited. Don't put your head in the particle beam. It's not a good idea. I will I will try to remember that. Do you know I this from first-hand experience? <laughs> I know because uh, I asked the question, has anyone ever put their head in the beam or what would happen? And uh, there was an engineer that unfortunately got his head in the beam and he went blind, I think, within two days. And he Jeez. didn't have a very long life after that. So, Jeez. Wow. All right, I did well, not I will, know that. I, I thought it was going to be like you got laughed out of the room of like, what a silly question. But uh, no, no. That, that had a different ending to that story than, uh, <laughs> than I thought it was going to. Well, I know you had a great time in Switzerland, Connor. You come with me. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I've done so much traveling this year. I mean, you're always yeah, traveling. I but I, I've spent way more time on the road than I... Uh, yeah. I typically like to. And if, I mean, if I was going to be in Europe in November, I feel like I'd want to go to, to meeting C++, go to a conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what are the dates you're going to Switzerland? Maybe you can swing by, pop by. Uh, no, it's like November 26th to... Uh, Is that post-code dive? Is that you're also going to code dive then or no? No, I, I um, originally I told him, no, I can't go because I thought it overlapped with uh, the committee meeting. But then I realized that it didn't. But it was it was just, it's just too much travel because if I was going to code dive, then I would be out for three weeks and then Thanksgiving, and I would basically it, it would just be too much. So, yeah. well, next year, if you're listening to this, either on if you're listening to this on November 10th, check out Meeting C There might be stick tickets still available and code dive. I don't actually know the exact dates, but I know that is oh, later they, on. They just they just posted the the agenda actually. Yeah. Well, let's look. Let's look it up while we're here, because we're because we're. I mean, Code Dive. It's it's one of my favorite conferences. They hold it in yeah. a movie theater, which is like such a cool vibe. I am kind of bummed it's not going because it looks like a really cool conference. And uh, yeah, and it's not just C plus plus. So you get to go see some Python, yeah. some JavaScript. Uh, you can stick to just C plus plus talks if you want. But yes, sixteenth of November. Which actually, now that I think about it, if this, if the, I was going to say probably if, but if it's getting, if this episode is on November 17th, you can still check out Code Dive. Turns out it's too late. So anyways, we've been saying goodbye for like half an hour now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time, Jonathan. Take care, guys. It was great, great being here. And I hope to see you in the real world uh, yep. sometime soon. Uh, soon? Hopefully. Yeah. Ciao.
Be sure to check these show notes either in your podcast app or at adsptepodcast.com for links to any of the things we mentioned in today's episode, as well as a link to the GitHub discussion where you can leave comments, thoughts, and questions. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day. Low quality, high quantity. That is the tagline of our podcast. It's not the tagline. Our tagline is chaos with sprinkles of information. <laughs>